1: He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty
0: from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good
1: things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring
0: forever. This is the word of the Lord.
1: All right, so good evening. My name is Tommy. I'm the pastor here, and uh, I I, I love the Christmas service, lots of new people, and I don't get to see them because there's lights in my face, so I just, there's shadows. So um, so our Christmas service is, uh, it it started a long time ago, years ago, when we decided one day, hey, we should just get together, you know, we don't do like a Christmas cantata or anything. Um, We decided, hey, let's get a bunch of people together and let's just play some Christmas music, and so we did, and it kind of turned into this really fun thing. And so we did it every year, and eventually, at some point, I started preaching in the middle of it. It just turned into a normal church service. Um, and, but, but the main thing we love to do for our Christmas service is music. And so we do a lot more songs than we would normally do, and we spend a lot of time on it. Um, because music is... Oh, look, look at me. I'm all disheveled. Oh, I'm sorry. I apologize. Oh, well. Um, and uh, music is something that's really, really, really important to our community. We have a lot of musicians. We love to make music. We record it. We put it out. We sing it. Um, music is very integral to everything that we do. Today, I'm actually going to talk about why. Normally, I would get up and I would, I would just read sort of the, um, the, the the typical story here of Jesus' birth and I would open up the context and I would say, oh, this word means this and, uh, here's what was going through people's heads at this point in time. I'm not doing that today. Um, this is different. Um, I'm going to talk about music. I'm going to talk about why we sing, why it is incredibly important for us to sing, especially at Christmas, especially at times of great rejoicing, especially at times when we are um, feeling, um, hopefully, a, a lot more um, aware of hope and love and, and good things. Um, so I'm, I'm going to do a, it's going to get a little weird today. And, and then I'm going to hopefully it'll bring it all back around. It'll just hopefully make sense. And you'll be like, oh, I get it. Um, but that's the way it normally goes anyways. Um, so, um, music. Uh, I have noticed whenever there is big, exciting occasions, weddings, um, uh, parties, things like we do, we have music. We hire live bands and we uh, have at least a stereo system because there's nothing more awkward than a party without music. Um, because everyone is just... Music covers up awkward. If you turn it up loud enough, it deletes awkward. Um, and I'm particularly fascinated by people's, a lot of times, reactions to really good news. Babies being born and um, things, life changes coming about. There seems to be a way that people react where there's a, there's a bodily reaction where we kind of put our arms up and sometimes we jump up and down and sometimes we sing um, if, you're, if you're from other parts of the world, you may notice whenever there's celebration, there's people just bust out dancing and they, and they, and they sing. Um, music is very, very integral to celebration. Um, perhaps if you were in first century Rome and you were maybe a girl and you were maybe like a Jewish girl in first century Rome and you found out that you were miraculously pregnant. Um, I'm just making it up as I go. Um, uh, and you found out that this baby was going to be the long-awaited Messiah, um, perhaps um, the way you would react is to write a song, and maybe this song that you wrote would pull from ancient songs that have been sang for a very long time, and it would speak about um, maybe ancient people that you descended from, and it would take some of the songs they sang about, and then um, you'd take bits and pieces of that throughout your history, and, and then maybe you would sing about the context that you were in and what this means for you and your people and um, the hungry being fed and the sick being made well. And this is exactly how Mary reacted. She writes, she writes this song called the Magnificat. Um, we call it the Magnificat because in, in Latin, if you read it in the Latin, the very first word, magnificent transfer, translates to Magnificat. And so we, this is the name we've given it. This song has been, since the day she wrote this song and sang it out loud, this song has been Sung every single year since the day it was penned. Um, It has been sung in cathedrals. It has been um, sung by choirs. It has, Beethoven at one point took this song and um, put it to music and he played it with like kettlebells and trumpets and it's this amazing sound and they would play it in the cathedral he was in in Leipzig, Germany and it was just this incredible sound and it was, um, it's a a very important song. Um, Christians especially have always. Loved this work that she wrote and the way that she responded um, and so music was a massive part of her celebration if you fast forward um, a few months um, you see angel, uh, you see shepherds in their fields and the shepherds are watching over their flocks I'll, let me just read this here there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flocks by night and an angel of the Lord appeared to them And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and singing, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And and so of all the ways that the message of the Messiah being born could have been announced, it's music. It's not prophets walking around yelling things. It's not some decree that is plastered on the wall. There's I guess hundreds of different ways you could have proclaimed this, but instead it was proclaimed by a massive group of angels singing. For some reason, singing is the most important way to proclaim the message of God at, at Christmas. And it, it seems to go from, from happening to happening to happening. Of, and it, it, all, it all involves singing. If you fast forward a little farther, there's a man named Simeon. And apparently this man, Simeon, um, has been having this conversation with God. He works in the temple. And he... Um, God has apparently been telling him, before you die, you're going to see the Messiah in person with your own eyes. And lo and behold, Mary and Joseph come walking into the temple after Jesus is born, and they carry him into the temple, and Simeon is there, and he sees the baby, and it says this, and he, he came in the spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the customs of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and sang, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace. According to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. Um, The the way he responds is through singing. And so, songs, music, dancing, the beat, sound put to time. That's all music is, but for some reason it's this response that humans have. Um, Have you ever thought in your mind Christmas is is coming and you say, well, it doesn't feel like Christmas And the reason probably is because you're not hearing enough Christmas music. There's the one thing that makes it feel like Christmas, and it's music. Um, There's so many times where um, the, the debate rages every year. People are still eating their Halloween Snickers, and Christmas music starts playing, and they get really upset about it. And they're like, this should not be playing right now. And people debate online, look, I'm a fan. Just play it. In mid-October, I'm in. Like, I will totally blast Christmas music. It drives my wife insane. Um, Love Christmas music. Love me some Christmas tunes. Um, So, I think, um, and and if you think about it, no other holiday has what Christmas has. There's not really, like, Thanksgiving songs. There's not, uh, uh, I guess, New Year's, no, what is it? Uh, uh, you know, Fourth of July has that Proud to Be an American song. That plays over and over. Um, and then there's uh, there's not really, like, resurrection songs for Easter. I mean, there's a few, but they're not played on the radio. So, um, And I, Halloween has the Monster Mash and Thriller. <laughs> that's my entire Halloween playlist. And so that's it. That's all they have. Um, Christmas, however, is all about music. For some reason, music has always been... Accompanied the announcement of the birth of Jesus And so I, I wanted to explore why music is so important Especially around this time And so um, I'm going to talk about that now That was the intro <laughs> By the way, sorry, two services the second one's going to be late um, So in case you haven't noticed Human beings in all of creation are different We are not like the animals We are not like the plants We are not like anything else that is here We are different um, and one of the things that sets us apart is our ability to make music. Um, every child, every single child has this, this innate desire to keep time, either to music that they hear or music that they imagine in their heads. Um, and chimpanzees don't do this. There's no other animal in all of creation that reacts this way that keeps time to music. All right? This kid is three years old. Love that. All right. Now, music is quintessentially as human as language. There's there's some things that set humans apart from everything else. Language is one of them. Our ability to make different languages, to change them, to speak in different ways. Um, the response... To music is hardwired Inherent in every single one of us Music is incredibly important To us It is hardwired And it's found nowhere else And so the question is Where did this start? How did we develop this? Where does this come from? And what makes us so different With our ability to have music? Well, it really starts here Uh, Throwback Thursday Am I right? Um, Now So About 22 days after conception There is a cell That starts beating and it starts, it starts moving in time, in perfect time. And the cells around it start moving with it. And then the cells around it until it's this huge group of cells. And these, this group of cells eventually starts splitting and forming more cells. And they're all beating together. And eventually, these cells that are beating together will form what becomes the human heart. And... Um, scientists you and, and I would fully agree with this, that, that this desire to beat in unison is a central part of who we are as human beings. It is this desire that we have to move with like-minded individuals, with things like us, with other people, to move and, and to dance. To, if you study any any area of, of human development at any point in time no matter how far you go back anywhere in the world and you find ancient um, remnants of human civilizations you always find evidence of music it is quintessentially a human thing music has always been important I have a brother in the jungles of Indonesia and the thing that, one of the things that he was fascinated about when he went there was how they love music just as much as he does and they make it however they can They make their own instruments out of whatever and play and sing and dance. Singing the beats and dance has always been a part of the human experience except for like a period between like the 60s and the 90s in conservative Christianity. There was no dancing. But that's over now and we can dance again. Um, Sorry. All right. So let's fast forward a little bit. About six months into human development, Um, The cerebral cortex in a baby's brain sort of comes to life and it wakes up and it becomes capable of making thought, of developing thought. And it spends the next three months or so listening to his mother speak and laugh and sing. And apparently, much of the time is spent attempting to mimic the sounds of the mother that he is hearing because researchers have studied the sounds of newborns, and discovered that their cries are patterns that reflect their mother's speech. Um, This means that basically, even before you were born, you were learning to sing with another human being. And apparently, you spend the first three months of your cognitive brain that is awake, attempting to sing with your mother. So music is there right at the very beginning when, when the cells come to life. Music is there in the development. Music is incredibly important when you are um, when you're young and your brain is recording music it doesn't just record the sound it also records what you see your motion your emotion Um, it records the smells and it packages these things all up and it and it and it saves them together Um, researchers tell us that even though music is one of the first things that our brain ever takes part in um, apparently When degenerative diseases are taking someone away, when we are dying, um, this part of the brain that holds music and packages it all up with emotion and experience and movement, um, that part is apparently the last thing to be attacked by degenerative diseases and by death. And so, researchers lately have been doing a lot of studies on this. I'm going to show you a clip from a documentary called Alive Inside. Maybe you've seen it. Uh, The first few minutes are very telling. Listen... How old are you?
0: How old am I? Yeah. I'm 90 years old. What was life like when you were a little girl? Oh, God. I've forgotten so much. I've forgotten forgotten. forgotten so much. I'm very sorry. No, it's okay. What have you forgotten? I've forgotten... What I used to do after I became a young lady—I've forgotten so much. I can't remember. I've been—I've been have been this i have been here ninety years, and if I could remember, I would tell you. But I don't. I can't remember. I want to try an experiment. What? I want you to. Try and let the music take you back into your memories. To travel back into time. And then we'll stop and you can tell me where it took you. Oh, okay. Um. You ready? Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm born. In that number, I went and Saints. Wow. <laughs> I the Saints. He's saying when the Saints go by, marching by, and it takes me back to my school days. I would like to hit the number. Mama told us not Saints to go, go listen to him. We would sneak off at night, bring back pictures and, the best. and I worked in King's County nine years. Little my birthday, November 20th, 19, I was in the wartime, I was working at Fort Jackson, and my son, on February the 4th, was 69. <laughs> I didn't know I could talk so much.
1: And so, yeah, apparently, um, Music has this ability to awaken parts of us inside that that we used to have that are long forgotten. Um, How many of you have have experienced this? You hear a song and suddenly you're 15 again. And you can kind of smell it. There's there's a cranberry song that whenever I hear it, I'm suddenly 16 and I'm driving a 73 Super Beetle, a white one that I'd named the Caucasian Menace. I don't know why. Um, And... I'm there. like I, can, I know the road that I'm driving on. Like I can hear, Somehow I captured this moment in music and, and we've all been there. Um, how many of you have asked a friend to, you need to skip this song. I can't listen to it. It, it takes me back. It reminds me of something I don't want to remember. How many of you had to l- delete an entire album from your, from your iPod not because you didn't like the record, you love the record but you can't listen to it because of what it does. I've seen a woman get up and run out of a restaurant because of a song that was playing over the loudspeakers and she... It suddenly she was in a bad place again. Um, of course, one of our favorite Christmas movies of all time, It's a Wonderful Life, that this scene where she's walking through the uh, the house and the song is playing and it suddenly wakes her up again and she's angry at him and she takes the record and she smashes it. And maybe we've all felt like that right there. And, you know, you can... You can smash the record, delete the song, but, but it's still there. It will come up again when you hear it again. And so music, apparently, it's there at the very beginning and it's there at the very end of our lives and it sort of strings these things together and, and it strings our memories and our, and our actions together. And so it has this way of taking the beginning and ending of our lives and everything in between and sort of banding it all together. Um, m- another thing that music does does is it, it joins together, not just our own lives, but it joins us together with the people that have come before us. And how many of you have been singing really old Christmas songs and you read words like thee and thou and then there's kings and there's queens and there's thrones and um, diadems, whatever those are, and uh, I know what they are, I'm just seeing if you do. Um, and there is thrones and crowns and, and servants and they're writing in this language. These songs were were, were written at a time when this is how the world was. It's called enthronement language. Um, and enthronement language is from the days of kings and princes and, and knights and armies that carried swords and rode on horseback. And, and so the, the biggest thing that they could imagine, the most, the most high thing that they could imagine was a king sitting on a throne. And so when they had to talk about somebody who was higher than anyone else, they talk about God. He's the king. He's on the throne. And, and you know, they, they didn't have republics and democracies. They, they had... Um, they had kings, and they had, they had good kings, and they had bad kings. And, and they could see that when human beings reigned, it was not good. It was not well. And they longed for the day when God would reign over all of them. And when they would be a king without the attributes that humanity had, who would be good and perfect. And so they say, you know, there's the song they, the children sang, Hark the Herald Angels Sang Glory to the Newborn King. Um, we don't live in that time, but we still sing these songs. And there's another type of language that's used in ancient songs called three-tiered language. It comes from a time when people didn't have satellites and telescopes, and we believed God was literally just past the clouds in the sky, and that that's where, the, that's where heaven apparently was. And then we believed that, that below our feet, you know, we buried people there, and there was lava there, and, and that's where Satan and his minions were. And, and and red is always in style and fashion, and people are poked with yard tools. Um, and so, in the middle here is us, and this is where they believed that the action sort of happened. And, and so, um, we used to sing, last year I think we sang a Christmas song called Love Came Down at Christmas. Do we really believe that love, it uses three-tiered language, do we really believe that love came down? No, we know that God is here, that God is working and active. He made himself known to us. And he took on a form that, that would change things and that we would understand and he would show us who he is um, in the flesh. And so, But we still sing these songs. Even though we don't think their worldview is the same as ours, we know the world's different than they believed it was, we still sing these songs. And when we do this, we are agreeing, yes, God is the king. Yes, God is on the throne. Yes, God is in charge. And and, uh, when we say God is stronger than any army, yes. When they say that he reveals himself in the moment we need him, that he came down at Christmas, yes, we agree with that. And so we sing not the worldview, we're singing the faith, and we're singing the love for God the ancient peoples had, and so by doing this, we are joining ourselves with them. We don't throw out the songs because they have different language than ours do. We actually embrace them more. We think they're more beautiful, and sometimes we even write them our own songs in their language. Um, And sometimes when you're alone and sometimes when you're scared and, and you have fear for your world that you're in, sometimes it helps to hear one of the ancient people who had it much worse than you, by the way, say something along the lines of, A mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing. And you're like, yes, yes, that is true. So music doesn't just join our lives from beginning to end. It joins humanity all the way back to the people who have always followed God. When we sing their songs, we are agreeing with them and joining in the chorus that has been going on and on and on and joining in these choruses. Um, There's a tribe in the outback of Australia that um, didn't uh, have any kind of written language, um, ancient tribe. They had no way of keep writing down their history, of of keeping tabs on who they were, Um, but they were a semi-nomadic tribe, and they were apparently very capable of traveling incredibly long distances on routes that they have historically always traveled, but researchers had no idea how they could do this because they didn't know, they knew they had no written language, so they are like, how do you know where you're going? You just start walking. How is this? And then they noticed that there was also these songs that the Aboriginal people would sing. And the songs seemed to make no sense. And they would randomly talk about these different things that that didn't seem to go together at all. And they had awkward beats that would change. And then sometimes they would change languages into another language. And they would ask you, well, what's that part of the song say? They, I don't know. I don't speak that language. But these songs have been passed down for thousands of years. And one day they realized that these songs were maps that were helping them navigate the Australian outback. And and the way they had done it was incredible. Some of these songs you would walk in a certain time uh, and you would sing this song and by the time you got where you were going, the song would come to an end and you would turn and sing another song to get to the next location. Other times it would randomly just name out different things that you were passing by to ensure you you were on the right track. Other times the songs would change language when you were entering into other tribal territories that spoke a different language and they would know who you were and where you were going by the song you were singing. There were some songs that no matter how lost you got... If you sang the song in a certain sequence, it would lead you home. And so maybe, so these songs were maps, and so maybe if you're like me, you can look back over your life and you remember a time when faith made just so much sense, when it was simple. You, you have what the scripture called childlike faith, and, and you understood Christmas, and you understood the message of it all, and it all made just this... Brilliant, intense, perfect sense. And you didn't have to wonder about it. It was all just there. As time has gone on, you've gotten older and, and you've, you've, life, you've been through some things and they're just difficult. And your faith has taken some dings and some hits. And it's, it's, it's difficult to hold on to what you used to have. And you sometimes don't imagine yourself going back to it. And then you hear that song when you were a kid and it all just comes back. And it for a little time makes sense. Singing these ancient songs of the people that have come before us is very important because oftentimes it leads us back to where we need to be. It jo- lets us join in the chorus of worshiping God. Um, C.S. Lewis has a quote where he talks about faith is the art of holding on to the things that, that once made perfect sense despite of your changing mood. And so sometimes I hear these Christmas songs and I'm just, trans- I'm just covered in peace and suddenly things are hopeful again and suddenly it's just calm and I can just worship God and I think that's the thing about, about music I think it's an incredible gift from God given especially to us you know scriptures talk about us being created in the image of God I, I think this might be one of those things when theologians talk about um, talk about God and, and, and the, the triune God and the relationship in the Godhead and it's all very complicated but they use a word that's very simple they call it perichoresis which is the dance of God Um. That God is continually moving in love and receiving love, and, and Genesis says that we were created out of this to actually take part in it. And so I think music is this gift that God has given us to bind us together over generations. And I think at Christmas time, when we think about what this means, and you look at the Magnificat, the story that the song that Mary wrote, what she did was fascinating. She took the songs of Abraham, the songs of Israel. She took the cries of the poor people in her town, in her time, in her city, of her own people. And she put all these things together and she wrote a song about God entering into this situation, this difficult, intensely hard time, and offering us hope. And this song has always given people peace. And so she writes this song that goes back through time and then modern people pick up this song and we take pieces, bits and pieces of it and we put it in our music and so she has created this song, which spans generations in every gener- which spans time in every generation, in every direction. Christmas songs to me are, are incredibly, incredibly important because. Um, okay, here's here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna sing a couple more Christmas songs, and when we do this, I want you. Um, we're gonna give. Give you a couple of minutes to kind of uh, uh, talk to God and 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 lift up some things to him that you need you need to lift up and you need to make right with him maybe and and just ponder his birth and ponder what that means that that our situation was dire, and God entered into it because I want you when you sing these songs to sing it from the depths of your soul, knowing now what we know, I want you to capture this moment in your brain, and I, I want you to sing from a heart that is hopeful and that is joyous, that is, that is excited. I want you to sing with the people around you to remember who is with you, who you came with. Remember the joy of, of, of just feeling hope that God is here. God entered into our story and God cares because here's what's going to happen at some point over the next year or maybe longer. You're going to be at a place where you don't feel hopeful and you don't feel excited. You feel no joy, and you feel that God has left you, and you'll feel that God is not in your situation at all. And so when we gather together and we sing to God, it is incredibly important that we have a mindset that is present and that is here, because these songs can take us back and keep us oftentimes close to God. When This is a way of worshiping, and it is a way of keeping us in tune with the spirit with, with the spiritual nature of what music is. Music is incredibly spiritual. Incredibly spiritual. Anytime Christians gather together, they sing. We don't use music for normal everyday situations a lot of times. You know, how awkward would it be to be in a Starbucks and say, hey guys, why don't we sing a song? What do you think? Can we sing a song? Springsteen. Let's sing it all together. Come on. You don't do that, but for some reason when we get together as brothers and sisters in the faith, this is what we do. Because it, it it it's us taking part in the chorus that has always been sung. Yeah? So we're gonna sing and we're gonna sing loud and we're gonna sing from a place that is joyful and hopeful, and I hope that this will come back and it will carry you through a very difficult time. Can we do that? I'm going to close in a word of prayer and then let's take a few minutes and and talk to God and make things right with him, with other people if you need to and ponder what all of this means for you right now and what God needs to tell you. Let's pray. Father, be with us. There are things that a lot of us are carrying that are very difficult, that are very heavy. I ask that you would remind us that the load that you offer is is easy and it's light and you want to help us be free of these difficult things you want us to be free of the sins that have entangled us the um, the bad places that our mind goes and and the places where our hearts are dark and you want to come and and be light and cleanse us and make us like you and sanctify us and, and lead us on a different journey down a different path towards you and towards salvation of our souls of our lives of everything, of our families, of our, um, of our time here. And so as we sing, I ask that you would lighten our hearts, make us joyful, and help us understand the importance of every single moment. We love you, God. In your name. Amen.